The following audio is from Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where our mission is to follow Christ and His mission of loving people, places, and things to life. For more information about Christ Presbyterian Church, please visit ChristPres.org. You guys, it's a real privilege to be with you, um, and I want to celebrate with you guys baptism of your precious little girl. She was uh, beautiful, and I, I join uh, with Lee Eric. You know, we pray that she wouldn't remember a day without the Lord Jesus, which I think is one of the most outstanding testimonies. I really do. So, well, it's a real privilege to be with you. I do want to thank the leadership, uh, Lee Eric, and as you represent the leadership, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here. My wife and I, and my wife is here too, we have a long um, history with Christ Press. Uh, Christ Press was actually my first uh, ministry job after seminary in 1987. And so it's a real privilege to be back with you. I have to laugh, you guys, as Jennifer was dismissing the elementary school uh, to elementary uh, service. Uh, This sermon's not probably gonna get past fourth grade. So um, I'm pretty elementary (laughs) when it comes to it. I promise you, I'm college educated. But but, uh, to me, to make it needlessly complex is senseless, you know? I don't want you to have to work for this. I just really want you to sit back and let's go for a ride and watch the Holy Spirit work. That's my prayer. So I'm down in Florida, and my wife and I are on vacation, and we're in a place called 30A. If you're familiar with uh, 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 Santa Rosa Beach, 30A is a county line highway right close to the beach. And it's got a nice sidewalk, uh, asphalt sidewalk, which is probably as wide as uh, this uh, walkway right here between these two pews. And, and we're up closer, we're uh, close to Goat Feathers and... Um, uh, sun, I think it's Sunrise Coffee Shop. But anyway, so I'm walking on the sidewalk. I, I don't, I'm not wild about walking on the beach. It's a little unstable if I'm trying to walk for, for cardio. And so I'm walking on the sidewalk, and I'm headed west down the sidewalk uh, by 38. And so as I'm walking, this is 6.30 in the morning, um, a woman is coming back this way, and I don't really notice people who are, uh, you know, you don't really notice people who are coming this way. But right as we crossed, I'm going this way, she's going this way, right as she, we crossed, she turned and said, may I walk with you? Well, my first thought was, man, I'm looking good. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think that. I was so shocked. I really was. I was shocked. Funny, that morning I would prayed that the Lord would give me miraculous gospel opportunities. But obviously, I didn't pray it in faith because I was shocked. Anyway, so she turns and she says, may I walk with you? And I was so shocked, I said, Sure, of course you could walk with me. And she turned and we started heading west. And for the next 45 minutes, she began to share the stormy weather in her life. Her son had struggled with deep, deep depression for a long time and was having life ending thoughts. 
and she was really grappling and she didn't know what to do and her husband didn't know what to do either. Perhaps you've had that kind of struggle before. But it was really, really stormy weather. And towards the end, and, and this was a walk where you just listen. Now, there, there really is not a lot to say. This is bearing another person's burdens, just listening. Towards the end, I did sense the Lord say, and I did ask her, um, do you read the Word of God? And she said, well, I have a Bible, but it's on my nightstand, but I don't read it. And I told her, I, I said, Irene, I really want to encourage you. Start with the Gospel of John. Start with the Gospel of John. Now, I'll tell you, the reason that I told her that is because, first, we've all got storms. And I want to tell you, here's the weather forecast. Here it is. You're either heading into a storm, you're either in the midst of a storm, or you're coming out of a storm, and then you'll be headed into the next storm. Because that's the way life works in a fallen world. There is stormy weather. And she was in the midst of it. But the reason I told her to read the Word of God is because the God of the Word keeps His Word. He is faithful. And so the passage this morning is really great when it's Acts chapter 27. Now, here's what I'm going to do. It's a long passage, so I'm going to tell you the story, and then I'm going to cite particular passages as we walk through this uh, together. So let me tell you the story. The background is this. The Apostle Paul has been on trial in Judea, and he is, he, he, he says, I appeal to Caesar, because back then, you could appeal to the Supreme Court, and you would go straight to the Supreme Court. And so they sent him off to Rome to, to uh, stand trial before Caesar. And so Acts chapter 27 is the trip, the boat trip, the, shi the, the ship that he rode on to, to Rome. And what we get in this particular uh, passage is this. Uh, Paul, Paul is on the ship, they encounter a storm. And what ends up happening is a storm is, has hurricane-force winds, and the ship is surely going to sink. But an angel of the Lord appears to Paul and tells Paul that the ship's not going to sink, and they're going to they're ultimately reach uh, land safely because God will see them through the storm. So that's the, that's the story. And they, in fact, do reach land safely. So that's the story. But here's what I want to do. Let's unpack it as, uh, as we uh, spend some time in God's Word this morning. Now, here's, here's the first point I want you to get, and that's this. The reason you can take God at His Word is that God keeps His Word. The reason you can take God at His Word is that God keeps His Word. And what you see in God keeps his word, is, that's verses uh, 13 through 26. Paul says this to the sailors on the ship. He says, men, you should have taken my advice. Because before they ever went into the storm, Paul said, let's stay on the shore here. It's going to be rough weather. 
So Paul offers them that advice. He says, let's, let's don't do it. But now that they're in the midst of the storm, Paul says, you should have taken my advice, but now I urge you to keep up your courage, verse 22. And why did he say that? Because an angel of God had appeared to Paul and told Paul, God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. And so God told Paul, hey, y'all are going to be saved. And so Paul told the sailors, keep up your courage because God has told me that we're going to be saved. And why could God say that with such confidence? Because God keeps his word, even when we're stupid. (laughs) I'm a living testimony to that. I've done some stupid things in my life. Uh, They call it the stupid tax. I have paid that tax a million times over. I don't know if you have or not. But I've also done some really sinful things in my life. And I've gotten off track. And I don't know if you're like me, but if you are, God keeps his word and is faithful. Even when we get off track. And God tells Paul here, though they didn't listen to you, The lives of these men will be saved. Why? And I want you to hear this. Our God is faithful even when we're not. Now, you guys, let's let our hair down. You have been through a lot. You as a church are in the middle of a storm. And you've got a ways to go. There has been sin, probably on all sides. Excuse me. There has been sin, definitely on all sides. But don't spend time trying to assign percentages of sin. Spend time reflecting on the fact that God is faithful to sinful people. And he is committed to transforming us in spite of us, even when we're unfaithful. Why? Because look at verse 24. God is gracious. Listen, you guys, the Lord is doing something amazing. He is making the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, more and more and more beautiful. He is moving among you in spite of your mistakes, your blindness, or even your sins. And he is at work. He's not going to give up on you. He will not give up on you. Jesus himself said, the gates of hell will not prevail over Christ Presbyterian Church. Period. And God keeps his word. Now, one of the reasons I love to be here with you is I've been in tough storms in the church I'm a part of. Hey, it's easy as a visiting person to come in and smell like roses. I hadn't always smelled like roses. I've been through very similar things that your pastor, your former pastor has been through. And I'm telling him personally what I'm telling you corporately, that God is faithful. He really is. And he's going to be good to you. And notice what Paul says here in verse 25. It will happen just as he told 
me. That's because God keeps his word. I just love that. You guys, this, I, I, I think it was about 10 years ago, I, uh, with a group of other fools, I mean guys, um, climbed, Mount, uh, climbed uh, the Grand Teton. Now, do you know the difference between a hike and a climb? Let me tell you what a hike is and what a climb is. A hike is a walk. It can be a long walk, but it's a walk. A climb is you have to use all four limbs, and you need to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger up top because you've got to really have upper body strength. Well, I didn't realize that the Teton was a climb, not a walk. I thought we were in for a long walk. Well, it was a long climb. Well, we come up, and let me tell you where we were. This is, I still laugh at myself. So we're walking up, uh, excuse me, we're, 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 actually we are walking up and we get to this place and there are two huge rocks like this, they're huge rocks. Now the drop, there's, a, there's the drop, truly I'm not lying to you, um, and somebody told me I needed to tell you second service because I didn't tell it first and I wish my wife wasn't here, but the drop was 2,000 feet. No kidding, it really was. But stuff like that just doesn't bother me really. Usually. So I just didn't look. So, because there's no, you can't go back. So, you know, it's either die or go back. You can't go back. So anyway, so I get there and I, you, you had to put one leg like that, one leg like that, your arm like this and your arm like that. Do, do you see how you're using all four? And you have to go up like that. Does that make sense? You follow me? You got to follow me here. Okay, you got that? Okay. So... I get in position to go up, and I couldn't do it. I mean, I'm stuck, and I'm out of resources. I, I really am. I've never, I was, I was madder in the wet end. I was so mad. I mean, I paid that guy thousands of dollars to get me on top of that mountain, and I wasn't going to make it. I was so frustrated. <laughs> I screamed at the top of my, I was the last one in the line, as you could probably see. Um, I screamed at the top of my lungs up at him, Aaron, there's nothing I can do. Well, here's what he did. He peered over the ledge and he yelled down at me, there's always something you can do and pulled his head right back. Well, that made me matter. Which is precisely what he wanted to do. Because I hadn't had that kind of adrenaline rush since I met my wife 40 years ago. <laughs> I was beside myself. But I'll tell you, I got up about three inches. And I couldn't go any further. But you know what happened? And I didn't tell you this part of the story and this is the reason I'm here today, to tell you this. I was roped in, and so are you. Aaron started pulling on the rope, and that's all I needed. Beloved congregation, you are roped in, and the gates of hell will never overcome you. And oh, by the way, 
Scott's roped into. He's now going on a different mountain. But it's okay. It's okay. God keeps his word. He really does. And he's going to see you through faithfully. Now, secondly, he keeps his word. And the word for today is to stay with the ship. Stay with the ship. If you look at verses uh, 27 through 34, let's uh, think about this for just a second. So if you look at verse 31, this is what Paul says. Paul says, stay with the ship or you cannot be saved. You can't be saved. You've got to stay with it, okay? So remember, there are always going to be storms. I know there are some of you in the room who are in the midst of storms now. I've, I've got a, a storm in my own life, and it's really, really difficult. But as I said before, you're either in the midst, you're coming out of, or you're going into, you know, we've all got a weather forecast. We really do. And what was happening here is this. It was getting really bad, and the sailors are wanting to abandon ship. And so they're about to get into the lifeboats. Now, why on earth the logic of getting in a lifeboat versus a larger ship? You know, I'm not exactly sure how that all went down, but the sailors were going to leave the prisoners, including Paul, on the ship, and they were all abandoning ship. And Paul says, you can't do that. Don't do it. You guys listen to me. Don't abandon ship. Don't do it. You are safe in the hands of God. He is not going to let his bride go. He's going to make you beautiful. And what I've seen in my life, maybe you have in yours, what I've seen in my life is he uses suffering to make us more beautiful over time. In the midst of it, sure, it's difficult. In the midst of it, sure, there's confusion. And surely there is anger. And you guys will never know everything. But we know the God. We know the God who knows everything. And we know he keeps his word. And he's saying, stay with the ship. That's what he's saying. And then there's food on board. You look at verse 34. Paul pulls out supper because they haven't eaten in a long time. There's food on board. And he says, you haven't eaten for two weeks. You need to be strengthened. That's one of the things I love about what y'all do here. Do you see these tables for you, the church? Do you see them? There's food on board. The bread of life. Who paid with his life to give you life. He's not going to take your life from you. He's not. What he's going to do is he's going to purify you. He's going to grow you. But he says, stay on board. Stay on board. He's not going to waste anything that he allows. And he really has. He, ha- he has allowed it. Now, if you look at verses uh, 35 through 44, I really find this interesting. Uh, Paul, in verse 35, he took the bread and he gave thanks in the midst of the storm. Go figure. 
That's not usually what I do. I don't give thanks. I give complaint. And I'm not, listen, I think we need to bring it all to God. Don't get me wrong. I really do. But I'll tell you, there is something to giving thanks. So let's think about that. How do we give thanks? I was telling the congregation in the first service, boy, it's such a joy, it's such a joy to celebrate with you guys infant baptism. And then watch all y'all stand up. And I can tell you, did you see all these babysitters stand up? <laughs> I, I suggest you take a few names. They promised. Get them, get them while they're hot, while they remember. <laughs> it's so fun to... to to be thankful. And how do we practice thanksgiving? Look in the rearview mirror. Look in the rearview mirror. Y'all, everybody drives the car off the side of the road. I have. I've been in so many ditches. You think I'd work for the public service department digging them <laughs> but God never fails to pull us out of the ditch he won't and so come to the tailgate come to nine o'clock next week get all together crunch into the rows feel the body heat enjoy each other and enjoy Jesus I mean, what other church in town has all three of their pastors leading worship and one of them singing? That's amazing. That's really awesome. And so you've got so much to be thankful for, and I really want to encourage you to practice Thanksgiving. And let me tell you, it'll change your countenance and increase your confidence. Because you've still got some storms ahead. But if you can look back and see that the Lord himself is faithful and faithful to you, he will help you move forward. You're roped in even when you're between a rock and a hard place. And he's not going to let you fall. He's not. And so, what do we have here? They all reach land safely. They do. Now, you guys, how do we know that we know that we know that we're going to reach land safely? Let me tell you how you can know. 2,000 years ago, on a hill outside Jerusalem, there was another storm raging. And it was the storm of God's wrath. As his son, the Lord Jesus, took on the sins of everybody who would believe in him. And it was dark and three o'clock in the afternoon. And in the midst of the storm, Jesus said, it 
is finished. And he sunk. He died. But do you know, in bearing our sins, he bore them in perfect obedience to his Father in heaven. And so he was the perfect Savior. And because of his perfect obedience, guess what? The grave couldn't hold him. And so he rose again from the dead. And when he rose by faith in him, we rise again from the dead too. We'll never sink, ever, because he will never let us go. And we'll all reach home. We'll reach land, and it's called the promised land. We'll reach it to be with him forever. Thank you, Lord, for precious time with this uh, wonderful congregation. Jesus, you are really awesome. Thank you for showing us how cool, how awesome you are. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for her leadership. I thank you for the staff. And Lord, we give you thanks for this morning. And we pray it all in Jesus' name.